Yes, it is the Chiefs Zone Podcast here once again this week as we get ready for Wild Card Weekend. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Farzim Misugin, as always. And if you downloaded the podcast, odds are you got it from iTunes. But if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Tell a friend about it. Let them know about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. And you will have the newest episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast available on your library as soon as anyone is available. Like right now. So for those of you who've subscribed... Uh, obviously, you got this right away on your uh, iTunes library or on your phone. I don't know exactly how it works nowadays, uh, but but you got it right away. And for those who haven't subscribed, that's how it works. So uh, be sure you guys do subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes. You guys can interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash sportscasterfarzine, or search my name, Farzine Vesugian, on Facebook. And you guys can also follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21. All right, uh, this might be the shortest podcast that we've ever done in the history of this show. So we're going to try to get through it as soon as possible. A couple of uh, pieces of news to talk about. The Chiefs getting a whole week off and uh, the, the news that came out of New York. Does that concern you? And it, one good news that came out of an Andy Reid press conference earlier this week that I think as Chiefs fans we can all appreciate, especially after all that this team has gone through. And then uh, kind of talking about the expectations for this Chiefs team. I mean, look, what, what, what in your opinion would be a successful season? Would it be winning the Super Bowl or getting there or getting to the AFC title game or winning a playoff game, which essentially would mean that you got to the AFC title game? I mean, what for you would be considered a successful season? Last year, the Chiefs winning 11 games after starting 1-5 and winning a playoff game? I mean, that itself, to me, had to have been considered a successful season. If that, to you, was not a successful season, I don't know what... uh, people could, could do to please you in any situation because starting one and five everyone wrote this team off i remember seeing statistics online that the chiefs had a 1.4 percent shot at making the playoffs and they made the playoffs uh you know to have the start like that and to come up with a playoff win for the first time in 22 years in franchise history i'll take it yeah of course all 12 teams in the playoffs want that Lombardi Trophy, that Super Bowl trophy, of course. But you know, for some teams, I, th- I think considering how some teams rebound in a, from previous years or even during the same season, you kind of have to look at, look at the big picture and see, you know, what is considered a successful season and what's not. And I think for Kansas City, uh, so, some standards might be different all across the board. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a moment. And of course, at the end of the episode, we will preview the games that will take place on Wild Card Weekend. I'll give you my predictions, break down every single game, uh, and uh, give you guys my predictions, including one upset that I think a lot of people will be surprised by. So we'll get to that in just a moment. I do want to say, I, I don't know if, if people have this discussion. I, I've had people ask me this on social media, even a few friends who've te- texted me about this, and a lot of people say, who would you rather play? Who is the easier opponent for for uh, the divisional round, and then who would be easier to play in the AFC title game, and then the easier team to play in the Super Bowl? And, and I, I I scratch my head when I get this question because, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess there are some teams you'd rather go up against because there's a weakness you might be able to exploit. But to me, man, uh, if you if you want to talk to me about who's easier to play in the Super Bowl. Or in the AFC title game, look, uh, 
let's just say the Raiders, because I, I guess they're the heavy underdogs now because they're without Derek Carr and pretty much everything working against them going to their th- third-string quarterback. If somehow Connor Cook makes it to the Super Bowl, then you don't take that team lightly. First of all, any team that's in the Super Bowl, you don't take them lightly whatsoever. I, I think we kind of learned this with the New York Giants, not once, but twice when they faced the Patriots. And if for whatever reason, and I mentioned this either last podcast or the podcast before that, there's this talk that Derek Carr could come back if the Raiders make the Super Bowl. If Connor Cook leads, now at the time I was actually talking about Matt McGloin, but now it's Connor Cook. If Connor Cook leads the Raiders to the Super Bowl, if he wins three games, against who would he be playing uh, Houston this weekend and then New England the following weekend and then who would you play in the AFC title game possibly Kansas City if the Raiders led by Connor Cook win all three of those games I'm not starting Derek Carr over Connor Cook even if Derek Carr's 100% healthy because Derek Carr has the clear hot hand going into the Super Bowl kind of like with with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith in 2011 when Alex Smith went down with an injury, and guess what? Colin Kaepernick went on a tear, and at that point, Jim Harbaugh, why would Jim Harbaugh bring back Alex Smith over to start over Colin Kaepernick? You're winning games with Colin Kaepernick. Don't fix what's not broken. Same exact thing for the Raiders. I mean, if they, the quote-unquote easy team, if they get through these three AFC games that they're going to have to play to the Super Bowl, listen, I guarantee you, a lot of people will say, hey, that's an easy team to beat in the Super Bowl. Well, if they're in the Super Bowl, they're not an easy team. None of these teams are an easy team to beat. Now, of course, there are some matchups that favor one team over the other, especially with injuries like Oakland right now. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you don't take anything for granted. Uh, you know, I heard uh, Mike Welch, I believe, on Sixth Sense Sports Radio say that if even if the Chiefs were to play on Wild Card Weekend, I would bench Justin Houston even if he's a hundred percent healthy because beating the Texans would be easy. Absolutely not. You you go at it. I mean, if if Justin Houston, if he is a hundred percent, if he can play, if he's not injured, you play him. You do not take anything for granted in, in the playoffs. Or in any game whatsoever. Sure, regular season game, you may push the brakes a little bit. But come postseason time, man, all 12 of these teams made it to the postseason for a reason. And sure, I mean, I'd like to think that we can all agree that the Oakland Raiders would probably not be a 12-win football team, let alone a playoff team with Connor Cook. But at the same time, you know, this is this is what we have. This is a situation we have with all 12 teams. So you you take you don't take anything lightly. You just don't. So the question of who's easier to play, the answer is nobody. Sure, there are ideal situations. The only time I would say anything would be ideal in the playoffs is to have a playoff game at Arrowhead uh, for the AFC title game. So ideally, it'd be nice if the Steelers went over to Pittsburgh. Or, uh, pardon me, New England, well, of course, they, I mean, they're in Pittsburgh, so I'm sure they're often. Uh, if For them to go to New England and uh, pull off an upset win there, that way, 
Kansas City, I guess you could say, essentially becomes the new number one seed, and then they own home field advantage if they win out. Because then they then we get the AFC title game at Arrowhead. But obviously that can't happen because Pittsburgh, they're in a three seed, so... Uh, there, there's absolutely no way New England will play Pittsburgh in the div- divisional round. So by all means, you know, as, as fans, enjoy the ride, but don't take any, don't, don't look at these teams, these other, I mean, the Raiders or the Texans. You never know. One of these teams could just sneak into the, uh, the, the playoffs. I'll mention it later with the, with the Giants, but the two times, and I just said it earlier, the two times the Giants made the Super Bowl, people least expected it from the Giants. And boy, did they have quite a path uh, making it to the Super Bowl. And on top of that, look who you have to play, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So, there is no easy team in the postseason. Even the Raiders, man, that defense could maybe even win a game or two in the postseason. You just never know with some of these teams. It's it's a lot like the NCAA tournament. Sure, the, there, there might be that 13-14 seeded team. Uh, that just ends up winning a couple of games when you don't expect it. So uh, you can never take any team lightly in the postseason or in the NFL in general. But come postseason time, uh, this is where uh, the intensity picks up. So I'll get to my playoff predictions for this weekend later on. But I want to start off with the Chiefs getting the entire week off and what just happened with the New York Giants this past week, uh, the, their players parting in Miami on Monday night into Tuesday morning and then re- returning on, on Tuesday evening because Tuesday was their day off. Uh, listen, uh, for players, uh, these players obviously have a lot of money to be able to just book a flight on a Monday uh, and, and then come back 24 hours later. All they did is go party in Miami. I mean, what, can you not party in New York? I mean, look, I don't doubt that. A guy like Travis Kelsey is out there having a good time on his week off. I I, I don't doubt that. I, I don't doubt that there are some players who are spending their week off, uh, maybe going out to the to, to the bars, having a drink or two. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, it's really no different than you know if you have a big exam on, let's say Monday, but you go out on a Friday and a Saturday night. That's not to say you can't study. Friday morning or Saturday morning and afternoon, and then go out in the evening after you spent what five six hours studying before or after work. You know, depending on your schedule, whatever your schedule may be. So I don't I, I don't know if I consider that a whole lot different. I know a lot was made of Travis Kelsey and whether he took the Broncos seriously because he was partying what nearly forty eight hours before the the uh, Christmas night game against the Broncos and look at what he did he tore up the pay, or the uh, Broncos defense so uh, look on a if you're on a short week like the Giants uh, just seven days off uh, or just a week to prepare essentially uh, I don't know if I would go up necessarily parting the way these guys did going out to a completely different city uh, maybe you spend that Monday evening going out sure. Uh, but at least in your own hometown. I mean, look, I don't doubt that there are great bars, you know, great music. Yeah, the vibe's great. I don't doubt there's there's a bar like that in uh, in New York. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it was necessary. A lot of former players, uh, especially those who are analysts on, on, on these TV and radio shows, are coming to their defense saying, well, they didn't do anything illegal. No one got arrested. No one got in trouble. Sure. Fine. But on a, on, a, on a week like this, where you only have one week to prepare for Green Bay, 
what's the I mean, what's the reason to go out to a completely different, almost going on the other side of the country, going north to south uh, to, to to party? I, I, I just don't get it. I'm sure there are places in in New York that you could have had the same amount of fun and not have to go through all the, the that entire plane ride. That's just me. Me personally, you know, hopefully the Chiefs are being smart with their week off. Sure, maybe maybe some of these guys go to their hometowns and uh, and visit their families with this opportunity. But let's just keep in mind, Andy Reid is 3-0 coming off a bye week in the playoffs. And I, I can already see it coming. If the Chiefs were to lose this game, no matter how bad uh, the score would be, uh, I can already see people blaming the week off and blaming Andy Reid for the loss. I remember Todd Haley once gave the Chiefs Thanksgiving off. And they got destroyed. I don't remember by who, uh, but they got destroyed. And that was Todd Haley's first year in 2009. And I don't think the Chiefs ever got a, a Thanksgiving off, on, at least under Todd Haley, uh, when when while he was a head coach here in Kansas City. So I don't know. Make what you want of it, but just keep in mind, Andy Reid is three and zero after a bye week in the playoffs and sixteen and two in the regular season with that extra week off. So, speaking of Andy Reid, uh, he did say at a press conference earlier this week, all 53 players healthy and ready to go for the divisional round game next week. So, provided that there, that there are no accidents at practice, no one does anything silly on their week off. Uh, so, when the team returns on Sunday, as long as practice goes well, the Chiefs should have everyone, re- everyone ready. That includes Spencer Ware, who missed the last game. Uh, against the Chargers. Justin Houston has been out for the last two games, and Eric Berry, who exited the San Diego game at, at halftime, essentially, uh, due to a heel injury. And that was more precautionary. It looked like he could have played if needed to, but the Chiefs uh, felt confident in that game, so uh, they kept him out. They kept him on the sidelines. This, I'll tell you what, man. Everything the Chiefs have gone through, playing... Without their best offensive player, pretty much in Jamal Charles, he only played what a game and a half, and Justin Houston playing the entire season without their best defensive player for almost the entire season. The Chiefs still won the AFC West, won twelve games in a very narrow race. By the way, winning all their divisional games, and on top of that, getting that week off. Uh, this is the this is the best Christmas gift that you could ask for a week and a half late to get all fifty three of your players healthy and ready. And enjoying this week off, trying to enjoy this rest before coming back for what's going going to be an intense week of practice. You know, you're going to be practicing in the cold, maybe a little bit indoors, uh, but a majority of it should be outdoors because you're going to be playing in the outdoors at Arrowhead next Sunday. So uh, hopefully these guys are enjoying their time off and, and being smart with it because they're going to need it. They're going to need it next week. And speaking of next week, of course... That big game, whoever the Chiefs will play, possibly the Steelers, maybe the Texans, or the Raiders, not Miami, because uh, if Miami does come out of wildcard weekend alive, then they they would automatically go to New England, because New England gets the lowest-seeded team. So, next week, obviously a big game. If they win, then they go to the AFC title game, which would be one game away from the Super Bowl, which is pretty exciting to think about. I, I, I know players will say, hey, look, we've got to think one game at a time. But as fans in the media, we, we're always thinking ahead. We just always are. So for me, I just have to ask, what's the expectation? What to you is considered a successful season? Now, we are completely over the win a playoff game phase because it finally happened last year. So we're, we're in the situation where, you know, I, I think a lot of people want that championship. And to me... 
I, I think worst case scenario, the Chiefs have to at least go to a Super Bowl. If they lose the Super Bowl, fine. I mean, I mean of, of course, I'll be heartbroken after that because that's you lose at the biggest game, of, uh, the, the biggest stage of the year. But to me, in order to separate this team's season from being a success or a failure, I think you have to win the AFC. You have to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl in order for this to be considered a successful season. Andy Reid's done a lot for the Chiefs and Eagles in his in his time as a head coach. And the 18 years that he's been head coach. But the one thing he has not done is win a Super Bowl. And he's only played in one Super Bowl, or a coach I should say, in one Super Bowl. The Chiefs have played in just two. It's been a long time since the Chiefs have been in the uh, big game. So I'd like to think that at the worst case scenario, we do see the Chiefs at the Super Bowl. To me, that that's what's got to happen for this to at least be a successful season. I know getting to the AFC title game would be huge because that would be the first time since 1994, which was when Joe Montana was a quarterback, which was when the, the last time the Chiefs won a playoff game before uh, snapping that big stretch, that hump, that drought. So to me, this team's got to make it to the Super Bowl. This is the most confident I've truly felt in this Chiefs team to possibly winning or at least getting to a Super Bowl since 2003. Listen, I've admitted this on the podcast before in the past uh, when, I, when I've done the show. 2010, 2013, they got into the playoffs with a fairly easy schedule that I think any team would have taken advantage of. It would have won 10 or 11 games like the Chiefs did. 2015... Yes, the Chiefs took advantage of another easy schedule, but they overcame a 1-5 start. Look, look mentally, 1-5 starts absolutely suck. Uh, they just do. And not a lot of teams would have been, been able to do what the Chiefs did. So, big ups on the Chiefs for what they did. I remember they were 4-3 and three in 2007 going into a bye week, and then coming off a bye week, they lost 9 straight games, uh, falling out of first place in the AFC West, going to the basement of the division. So uh, we, we've seen the Chiefs go from first to worst uh, after a, a strong start and then go from worst to nearly the top of the division after what looked like they were about to have the worst season in franchise history in 2015. So uh, the, this Chiefs team has gone through quite a lot the past 10 years. And uh, we've seen the worst, we've seen some of the best, and we've seen this now. This might be the best Chiefs team since 2003. And the difference between 03 and this team, I think this is a much more balanced team. Like if we put this 20, if we could have a Madden game between the, 25, the 2016 Chiefs, I should say, and 2003 Chiefs, uh, I think the 03 offense is definitely better. You have a better passing game and a much stronger uh, rushing attack. But... You you've got some you've got some star power on this offense too. It's not like this offense should be forgotten about. Sure, it over it gets overshadowed by the 03 defense or offense. However, the 03 defense couldn't stop anybody. They just couldn't, and you had to rely on shootouts from the Chiefs' offense that year. Whereas this year, this Chiefs' defense, what we've seen from them the past really ever since the past five years, in my opinion, has been some of the best defense that we have seen. Since the 90s when Marty Schottenheimer was the head coach and you had Derek Thomas and Neil Smith leading the charge on defense. And before that, you didn't have a really great defense since you won the Super Bowl with guys like Bobby Bell, Buck Buchanan, Willie Lanier. 
Emmett Thomas. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, I mean, the, the defense you had in the in the 60s, uh, going into the Super Bowl those two years, and then the, the 90s with Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, and now this defense, uh, I would say this defense really is the best defense that the Chiefs have ever had. You had a, a pass rusher in Justin Houston who, and by the way, with all due respect to Derek Thomas, who, who of course is great, nothing taken away from him, but Justin Houston is the one who came darn close to breaking the single-season sack record. And you've got Tom Bahali and D4, and I know D4 has been very quiet lately, but these are this is the defense where the pass rush is consistently there. Either somebody's out there doing something. It might be Dontari Poe one game, maybe Justin Houston another, or Tom Bahali. And if you can get everyone's best in these next three games, the the divisional game, the title AFC title game, and then the Super Bowl, you've got to you've got to ask the question: What offense could could really go through this defense? Who can score on this Chiefs defense? And then on top of that, you've got Eric Berry, who might not win Defensive Player of the Year honors, but he definitely deserves some damn consideration with all he's done and lifted this defense from time. I mean, he single-handedly won that game against the Atlanta Falcons on the road and helped the team come back against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he's had his moments coming up with some big interceptions that could have hurt the Chiefs going from 12 wins to maybe 10 wins. So this defense, in my mind, really is the best defense. And I think with this defense, you've got to get to the Super Bowl. I know I've been so optimistic about Eric Berry coming back and maybe Dontari Poe as well and trying to get these guys together. But listen, with with Tom Bahali aging and Derek Johnson unfortunately no longer being able to be part of this team, uh, you never know. This defense might fall apart. Maybe D. Ford Ford might not have as good of a season as he had before. Maybe this was his... One shining moment for his entire career. I, I hope not. Maybe Justin Houston suffers a big injury that hurts him for the rest of his career. And all of a sudden, you don't have a viable pass rush because you lost on Tari Poe, Tom Bahali's retired, and Eric Berry moved on with a different team. So I know I'm, I'm bringing up worst-case scenario, but it, just in case that happens, win the Super Bowl this year because this defense might not be together any longer. Look at the Royals and some of the talent they had. From the World Series. That talent is not all together anymore. You've seen some guys move on. So this Chiefs team. With everything you have. And unfortunately. you The, the two guys. The two former Longhorns. And Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson. You're still out there. Competing against the rest of the guys in the NFL. You're competing with the rest of the big boys. So this Chiefs team. Even without you know, the best offensive player on your team in Jamal Charles and the heart of your defense in Derek Johnson, you still have a viable shot at winning a Super Bowl. And this might be your last chance to do it. You never know in sports sometimes, man. Sometimes teams just get too greedy or players get too greedy and they just want that extra cash and they just move on to other places. Sometimes a worst-case injury happens and that pretty much derailed someone's career. So, again, I, I know it's worst-case scenario, and, I, and I'm bringing up every bad possibility, but it can happen. It, it, it just happens from, from time to time. Look at the Lakers. The Lakers had every reason to win a championship with Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, and Kobe Bryant. They were the worst team in the NBA. 
an injury to Kobe Bryant. Steve Nash was just too old and couldn't do it. And Dwight Howard, I mean, he, he didn't even give it his best with the Lakers. I mean, I still remember the Lakers being on the front page of every single sports magazine. That, to me, is the best potential sports team that just broke apart and fell down. So with this talent on this team and just how special their wins have been, you know, against Atlanta, against uh, Denver, the way they won that game in overtime, uh, the comeback wins against San Diego in week one and against Carolina, uh, you, you've you got something special in this team. And it would be a shame if this team couldn't win the Super Bowl or at least at the worst case win the AFC title and at least play in the Super Bowl. So to me, the expectation, you have to make the Super Bowl. You just got to. Otherwise, to me, I think it'd be a disappointing season with everything the team accomplished and going 6-0 in the division, working very hard to win a narrow AFC title race to get that one week off. And if you don't get to the Super Bowl, you've accomplished so much just for nothing, unable to get to the Super Bowl. So to me, you have to, at the very least, get to the Super Bowl even if the team were to lose that game 41-0 to in the Super Bowl, I would still consider it a success. I know it'd be so hard to say after a heartbreaking Super Bowl loss, but I think a week later we could look back and say, man, that was a special moment. Because we were able to say that about the Royals when they lost in 2014 to the Giants. Worst case scenario, got to make it to the Super Bowl. Alright, hit the music. It's time to predict the wild card weekend four games this weekend starting off with the Raiders at the Texans apparently ESPN is going to lose 75 million for this game because they're expecting low ratings due to lack of star power under center Tom Savage suffered a concussion so he's not going to be playing Raiders are now down to their third string QB and Connor Cook and I'll just say this right now uh by the way Brock Osweiler who will will end up playing for the Texans who got that ridiculous contract just for filling in seven or eight games for a future Hall of Famer um, it's going to come down to who has a better defense. It just is. Uh, I, I think Whitney Marcellus and Jadavian Clowney will be a nightmare for Connor Cook, especially being a rookie whose first NFL start is going to be this game. It's going to be a playoff game against a Romeo Cornell-led defense. Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin, great, but at least Osweiler has some experience, so he knows what to do in those situations. Houston wins this game in a low-scoring contest, 13-10. Number 6, Detroit, at number 3, Seattle. Uh, I know Seattle's defense doesn't get talked about as much anymore with the LOB, but this defense still finished second in points allowed, so that's something important to consider. Matthew Stafford doesn't have that number one dominant pass catcher like he did in Calvin Johnson. Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, Marvin Jones, all above average wide receivers. Zach Zenner, he's got some scary speed, but I still think that Seattle defense is too good. Detroit has some solid defensive backs in guys like Nevin Lawson, Glover Quinn, Tavon Wilson, Darius Lay, very good secondary. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it elite. It's not like they've got a Marcus Peters, a Ballhawk, or, or or an Eric Berry, or, or, or any of those kinds of guys. Uh, they've just got an above-average secondary. Uh, but no pass rush whatsoever, and I think that will help Russell Wilson in this game, giving him the time he needs to connect with his receivers. And with no pass rush, I think life is going to be hard on those defensive backs that I mentioned for, for Detroit. So in this game, I say Seattle takes care of business at home, winning 27 to 13. So far, I've got the home teams winning, and uh, I think that uh, carries over to the Sunday games. Number six, Miami at number three, Pittsburgh. Miami might have the worst defense out of all the playoff teams, 
unless Cameron Wake and Ndamukong Sue are beating their opposing blockers and getting to Ben Roethlisberger on every single play, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a field day with uh, with uh, Antonio Brown. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown is the best QB to pass catcher connection in the NFL. I think that's one A. One B could be Tom Brady to uh, Rob Gronkowski when he's healthy. But we've seen Rob Gronkowski go, go down to injuries uh, quite a bit in his career this year, and of course in 2013. So to me, number one, uh, the number one spot spot goes to Big Ben and uh, and Antonio Brown. Take into consideration, Matt Moore will start again for uh, Ryan Tannehill. James Harrison's probably going to blaze through Brandon Albert, who's been terrible this year uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry—they're good wide receivers for the Dolphins. But not enough to get it done. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the running back, J.J., who's had a phenomenal season. But Pittsburgh's going to win 31-7 in a blowout and come to Kansas City for the divisional game next Sunday. Number five, New York Giants with 11 wins more than the team they're going to visit, the Green Bay Packers at 10-6. A lot is made about Eli Manning going 2-0 at Green Bay, winning both games to advance to the Super Bowl and defeat the Patriots both times, which, by the way, uh, this is one of those rare instances where fans from from the other conference, the opposite conference, uh, and I'm referring to past fans, are watching this game with a strong rooting interest. Patriots fans don't want to see the Giants in the Super Bowl. They just don't. Uh, I'm not a superstitious person, but if I was a Patriots fan, I would root really hard for Green Bay to win this game. Uh, I, I just would. And Aaron Rodgers, he's had an insane season. 40 touchdowns might be the best QB this year behind Tom Brady, and I think Brady would be a couple touchdowns behind Rodgers had he played all 16 games. Green Bay has the best offensive line, but uh, even with Jordy Nelson leading that group of pass catchers, I think we got to respect this New York defense. Olivia Vernon and Damon Harrison, they're they're going to give Green Bay's uh, offensive line, the left side of the offensive line, some trouble. And New York has some scary defensive backs. And Dominique Rodgers, Cromartie, Landon Collins... Uh, Janoris Jenkins, they've got two cornerbacks ranked in the top 10 by Pro Football Focus. And I'm ser- I'm curious to see how Rodgers does against this defense. And I'm also curious to see how Green Bay's defense does with their safeties. Haha Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett, uh, both very good safeties. And I, I-, I want to see how they use their safety help trying to defend wide receivers like Odell Beckham Jr., and Victor Cruz. Eli Manning, by the way, and I've said it before in the podcast, I'll say it again, one of the weirdest quarterbacks ever. He's had some great seasons and then some really horrible seasons. He's been below average in the regular season the years the Giants make it to the Super Bowl. Those are the two times the Giants just happen to come through. They did it in 2007 as a six-seed and in 2011 as a four seed, but had the fewest wins, being nine among all the NFC teams that made the playoffs that year. I think we see an upset here. I, I just think this Giants team, they're kind of like Kansas City in baseball, where they just turn it up with their offense all of a sudden in the postseason. Uh, I, I think we see the Giants uh, go over to Green Bay once again and uh, survive and uh, return home victorious. I think uh, the Giants win this one. I say in overtime, 24-21 to 21, New York Giants. There you have it. My prediction for Wild Card Weekend. I've got the... Got the Texans in a low-scoring close game. Got the Steelers... Or, pardon me, the uh, the Seahawks 
taking care of Detroit at home. Same with the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers game is going to be a very one-sided game. And I think we see a narrow upset win on the road for the Giants in overtime at Green Bay. There you have it. That's my wild card prediction. What do you guys think? Let me know on social media, facebook.com slash sportscasterfarzine or on Twitter at farzine21. As always, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Enjoy your wild card weekend off watching all these teams go at it while the Chiefs rest up and uh, figure out who they're going to play next Sunday. It's either going to be Houston Oakland or Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh. A lot of people feel the same way. And uh, you're going to be preparing for a team that really destroyed you in week four at Pittsburgh. But it's not going to be at Pittsburgh this time. It's going to be at Kansas City. And this is a much different, different Chiefs team than what we saw in week four. So we'll see how that matchup goes. I'd be very intrigued to see a Chiefs and Steelers rematch. Uh, seeing how this Chiefs team would do this time, especially at Arrowhead Stadium this time around. I'm Farzim Vasugan. As always, please interact with me on social media and subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word. Let a friend know about the podcast. Enjoy your weekend of football without the Chiefs. Getting ready for next weekend. We'll be back early next weekend, and we'll have two podcasts once again. We're going to start talking about the Chiefs getting ready to play. Possibly Pittsburgh or the Raiders or the Texans. We'll see who it is, and I'll talk to you next week about it. Take care.